there can be too much of a good thing. This is Anita Joyce here with Kelly Wilkness, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks. Today's episode is about over-decorating, and the question is, have you over-decorated? Have you ever over-decorated, Kelly? I have, and we're going to talk about that. Yeah, and we're not talking about being over-decorating, like done with it. We're talking about doing too much of it. You really must leave spaces for the eyes to breathe. We've talked about negative space in the past, and it's so vital. There are obvious practicalities avoiding over-decorating, like you need a path through your room. You have to be able to sit on your sofa. But there's more to knowing if you are overdoing it, and that's what we're going to focus on today. So when we talk about over-decorating, we're referring to the idea that it looks like you're trying too hard, uh, mm. that the design did not come together naturally, it didn't evolve over time. It's kind of the idea that you're forcing a look and it's not really working. Yeah. Nobody wants to be looking like they're trying too hard in anything, right? You got to make it look easy, <laughs> smooth, like, yeah, like it was thought out, but not overthought. So there's kind of maybe a fine line here. I mean, there might be some obvious situations, like, dare I say, a hoarder situation, but that's not what we're talking about, really. That's a whole different topic. This is maybe walking that fine line between doing it well and overdoing it. Very true. And before we get into it, I wanted to kind of talk about how at one point, this really wasn't a thing. It's a fairly new concept. Uh, and when I say new, I would say 20th century seems like the first talk of over-decorating. So for example, in Victorian times, there was no such thing as over-decorating. They all over-decorated and they just called it decorating. Mm. You know, this was the first time there was really a middle class. It was the industrial age. And suddenly... These suddenly people that that's right, suddenly people that weren't super rich could afford stuff. So they filled their house with stuff. And you know, I can't really blame them. They kind of went a little crazy. They kind of overdid their rooms. They they bought too much stuff. They embellished the embellishments. You know, they just kind of did so much that if you looked at it now, you, you know, you, it would feel kind of garish. Uh, that that it was really over the top. But, you know, it was kind of new to them. And I think even the Victorians got sick of the Victorian look because what was next? Arts and crafts, which was clean lines, uh, simple rooms. We're going to point out areas and items where there's real peril of over-decorating. So anyone can over-decorate, and it really depends also on your particular style. Some styles, maybe like an English country style, lends itself to having a little bit more, a little more collections, a little more things, a little more stuff, a little more layers, all of that. Obviously, if you're a minimalist, you really are not in peril at all. So, you know, you can skip ahead and listen to a different episode, but <laughs> Just, <yeah. laughs> you, you might not be over-decorating, but maybe, you know, maybe you're such a minimalist. You're, you think maybe you are in your minimalist approach to decorating. But even a maximalist can over-decorate. There can just be 
too much, where you can't appreciate what you have because there are too many things around. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, this is not a hoarding situation. And this is not where there are boxes or old newspapers or just someone who can't get rid of things. This is just adding too many decorative elements to the room and making it kind of confusing and sort of taking away the sense of calm and peace that you want to get from any style of decorating. So Anita mentioned, you know, the Victorians. Yes. And I think when we all think of the Victorians, we do think of a lot of decor, a lot of layers, darker colors, even too many plants. They love their house plants, uh, tassels and this and that and bullion fringe. So too much. So you kind of keep that in your mind. I think that's a sort of a great um, image to have floating around in your head. Doing this assessment as to whether you're over-decorating doesn't mean you can't collect. It doesn't mean you can't display. So if your house kind of feels like a store, that's a good (laughs) indication that you're over-decorating. And you had asked me in the beginning, did I ever over-decorate? Now, I'm sure I've done it in other areas at other times in other houses, but I remember in particular in this house. I think I tend to over-decorate when it's a spot that is a little challenging to decorate. It's kind of that situation where, and maybe other people have experienced this, you're just like, let me just add one more thing. Like, I don't really know what to do here, mm-hmm. but if I just add one more thing. Mm-hmm. So I have talked to you all about that chair that I put in my kitchen and what a game changer that was for having my family hang out with me when I'm cooking and just having the kitchen be a much more social area and that chair in particular is like a magnet for people and my dogs and everything. It's great. But prior to that, I could not figure out what to do in this kind of weird space in my kitchen. And so I oh, oh I put a bistro chair. And then I was like, then I had a birdcage there. Then I had something else. Then I had a plant. Then I had something else stacked on top of that. Then I had, I think, some lanterns, big, tall lanterns. And I was like, this is so dumb. Like, why do I have all this stuff by my back door to my kitchen? It's not adding anything. And honestly, it looks like everything should have price tags on it because it looked like a store. <laughs> but it took me a while to figure it out, right? And it was a situation where I totally had over-decorated that space. It didn't work for me at all. It wasn't adding to the functionality of the room at all. In fact, it was taking away from it because it kind of looked stupid when you really thought about it. I mean, each item was pretty together, but yeah, if I had a a gift shop or something, it would have been perfect, but it's my kitchen. So I deconstructed all of that, that. Let me get a chair got the chair, put one little table next to it, and wham, it totally changed the space. It became usable, which, you know, a lot of your decorating, if not everything you do about decorating, should really lead with the functionality. It became a functional spot and a very popular spot. And nobody had to worry about, you know, knocking over a lantern when they went in and out of the back door. So that was definitely the most egregious act of over-decorating that I've done in the recent past. Well, that's an excellent example. And I think another example would be to take one detail and put it too much in a room. Like you talked about the bullion fringe, that's great on a sofa. I love that look. But if it were on every chair in the room also, that would look too much. I don't see that done, but what I do see is maybe there's a particular, like somebody likes a black check. 
and then they put a black check tea kettle in the kitchen and then they do a black check tea towel and then a black check sign and at that point it's starting to look just a little too cutesy yeah just take the one design element add it judiciously to the room overdoing it starts feeling a little cutesy and what you said about the shop that's what we mean if Mm. you have the one design element and it's everywhere it looks like you're selling those things it looks like a shop yeah. You're like, oh, I'll take the tea towel and the tea kettle. And do you have any pot holders? <laughs> and the pot <laughs> and where's holders, the exactly. checkout counter? Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. And, and, oh, and the placemats, everything. Oh, yeah. the place. Oh, and a napkin. We could just keep going on. But yeah, as the English would say, that just becomes too twee, especially if it's a cutesy like a sort of pattern or something like that. Yeah, maybe one or two things like that. And, you know, you could carry the colors around, but not the exact little pattern everywhere. I I totally agree. And I think that's something that people who are listening can sort of conjure in their mind. You've seen that happen before. Or you've been in a store and that's been going on. If you've got that going on, you might want to break it up. There are definitely a lot of hot spots for potential over-decorating in a house. Firstly, too much pattern. Now, we have several excellent episodes on how to decorate with pattern, how to use pattern, how to use patterns together. So I'm not going to go too deep into that. When Anita does the show notes, maybe she would be kind enough to link those episodes. So if you wanted to <laughs> listen to that, them. you could. <laughs> it's so easy. You just go to decoratingtipsandtrips.com and you search pattern and it'll come up, mm. Anita. So <laughs> you don't want to have too many layers of pattern because then it becomes just dizzying and you really can't, again, you can't appreciate the things you have there. So if you have a patterned sofa or a patterned chair, you might want to take it easy with the pattern that you put on it in the pillows or whatnot. Good rule of thumb is one big pattern, maybe a big floral or something like that. Then a midsize, maybe add in a paisley, something like that. And then a very small pattern, something really simple or something that's just textured sort of in the same palette. So that's a good rule of thumb. But, you know, it really depends, obviously, on each pattern and how they work and play together. But you don't want to add too many in. It it can be done. You'll say, oh, Kelly, but I've seen that in, you know, really high-end stores or in high-end magazines or design decorating books where they pull that off. Yeah, but that's decorating 4.0 or something. You know, you really have to be super good at it to pull that off. Right. So. I would say if you think you're in peril of over-decorating with different patterns, pull some out and see how it feels. You can, if they're pillow covers or things like that, you can rotate them around. Use them at different times. Don't use them all at the same time on the same piece of furniture. Right. So we've talked about don't take one detail and use it too much in a room. And also don't be matchy, matchy too much. I think some repeat a pattern is good, but it can be overdone. And then another thought is to add some tension to the room. Uh, You want something in the room that maybe on the surface doesn't feel like it really goes in there. I like to mix rustic things in a formal room and elegant things in a casual room. I love that. And I like decorating like that too. But you're really, really good at that. Hey, too much furniture. You might just have too much stuff in the room. And even if it's just extra things that you haven't really put a lot of decorating effort into, or 
It's a lot of stuff that you did put a tremendous amount of decorating and design effort into it. It all sort of amounts to the same thing. It's just too much and it's overdone. So pull some of those pieces out. Give your room some negative space. Give your eye a place to rest and see how the room feels then. You can always put it back in. And on the same note, too many little things. That can be overwhelming. Yeah. Too many little things starts looking really cluttered. Yes. So that could be, you know, just little trinket boxes. It could be a collection. It could be framed pictures. Sometimes when there's just too many, you can't really appreciate them. So clear it off and just take a fresh look at it and then put back, as Anita used that great word, judiciously, the ones you really, really love. And if you really love a lot of them, put them all together in one place. Don't have big groups of them all over, right? If you must have several of whatever you collect or you have a giant family and you need to have a picture of everyone or something like that, then you know have one table where it is all together. So it's almost like one unit. And we don't want you to feel like you can't have your collections or you can't have your photos or whatnot. But if you have so many groupings all over a room, that is really in the realm of over-decorating. Now, the exception is dishes. You can't have too many dishes. <laughs> They're okay in a large collection. There's That's the only that exception, exception I'm going right, to exactly. have to Asterisk offer Asterisk at the bottom of the show notes <laughs> if we are not talking about dishes here. It's okay. And I would say the other thing with the over-decorating, when people fill up all the spaces, it feels stressful. It feels kind of claustrophobic in the room. So you really do want these blank spaces. You want some empty space for your eye to rest. Yeah, because negative space is space. The negativity, the emptiness is adding to the room. It's not someplace that you have to fill, i.e. back to my example of me wanting to fill that area in my kitchen. I did ultimately put something one large thing there with a little tiny side table, but I didn't have a whole bunch of things that I was just filling up the space. We have this tendency to want to fill the space. Uh, I say, take it away and then have a look at the space and maybe put back half of what you had and pick out the best. Great minds can disagree, but you can have too many pillows. Mm, Yes, that's true. Whether on the sofa or chair or your bed, So it becomes a chore to take them all off. Or you find that when people are coming to your home, they're actually taking that. I I once had this brown, I don't know, it was like velour or something. I don't know, like that plushy material, this little love seat combo that my mom had in their uh, little office in one of their houses that she gave to me and then I brought to like three different apartments. And it was great furniture. It looked great. They hardly ever used it. It was in great shape. But it had so many pillows that came with it. And (laughs) back then I was just like, well, they came with all those pillows. I'm going to use all those pillows. And they were filled with, there was no down involved. It was something (laughs) foamy. So you literally could not even sit. You had to push back. Oh, no. the thing. And people would end up taking them all off. And it, it, you know, you'd end up sitting on almost just like the wood frame. It was better than all the <laughs> pillows that came with it. 
but I would, I would, so I, it, and some people would leave. I put all my pillows back on there, and I'm sure I had some decorative pillows on there too. It was just ridiculous. And that, that I finally realized that you know what. I'm just going to give away some of these billows because they're not working for me. So if you find that either yourself or people that come to your house are taking the pillows off your couch and putting them gently on the ground because they can't sit there, you've over-decorated that piece of furniture with too many pillows. Mm-hmm. And Very the same true. thing with your bed. I mean, it's lovely to have maybe a long bolster or a couple of euros and maybe even a small little boudoir sized pillow. You know, we all love a beautiful bed, but if it becomes an event to to break down the, the bedding set every night before you get in and then to put it all back together in the morning, they've probably over decorated your bed. I don't want to have that many pillows on the bed, but I want to have large enough ones where it's going to make an impact. And if I did want to sit on the bed with the pillows on there, I'd want to be comfortable, just like the sofa or the chair. You'd want to be able to actually get in the bed or sit on that piece of furniture. So think about that. And I do it too. Sometimes you hold on to pillows beyond their really vital lifespan, you know, just because you're like, oh, that one's fine. It's a neutral. So if you've got some pillows in your collection that could make their way out, just let them go, right? Maybe keep the inserts if it's a good insert and then do a rotation. You don't have to always have the same pillows out on moss. Oh, very true. And if you just have the pillows on your sofa that came with your sofa, it might be time to take those off and put on some different pillows or just take those pillows and cover them with new covers just for a different look, again, to kind of mix up the pattern. Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. Is one of your New Year goals to eat better? Well, Green Chef makes that goal a reality. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit anyone's preference. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you and not the other way around. And as the only keto meal kit, Green Chef makes sticking to a carb-conscious lifestyle super easy. So in 2023, help yourself to delicious, easy-to-follow recipes that support your healthy lifestyle and taste so good. And you can try the fast and fit recipes under 750 calories and ready in less than 25 minutes. With all that time-saving, Green Chef will allow you to have more time for any of your other New Year's goals. For DTT listeners, you can get a whopping 60% off Green Chef. Go to greenchef.com slash DTT60, that's DTT60, and use the code DTT60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash DTT60, and use the code DTT60 to get 60% off and free shipping. You may have noticed on my Instagram that I am making some improvements to my master bedroom, some paint changes, some closet improvements, but one of the best things that I have done for my master bedroom and the other bedrooms in my house is using Cozy Earth luxury bedding products. 
Cozy Earth Bedding Collection offers a variety of luxury pillow sheets, blankets, loungewear, and more. Currently, I have sheets, the mattress pad, the duvet, the duvet cover, PJs, and a sleep shirt that I am absolutely loving. Cozy Earth's signature best-selling bamboo sheet set is something of your dreams. It is so cooling and it's so soft. You're just going to absolutely love getting in between Cozy Earth sheets every night. So make an instant upgrade to your bedroom and try Cozy Earth. And you can do so and save a lot of money because Cozy Earth is offering decorating tips and tricks listeners 35% off site-wide. Go to CozyEarth.com and use the code BEWELL at checkout. That's B-E-W-E-L-L at checkout for 35% off site-wide. I think another place we can get over-decorated is with your bookcases when they're overstuffed, and that just happens oh, over yeah. time. A- and of course, I've seen plenty of an English library that is cram-packed with books. I mean, so it's a thing. It's certainly a look you can go with, but if you have a lot of, if they're just books, I think you can fill them up all the way. But if you've got decor there. Okay, so if you have a British accent (laughs) and a tweed blazer and a pair of wellies at the door, you are allowed to have a crowded bookcase. But if that's not you, maybe you want to think about your Well, I guess what I'm saying is if you're using it just really for books, obviously you might need it full of books. But if this is kind of a decor statement in your house, then just make sure you don't have too much decor in there. That's kind of what I'm saying. And the same thing goes with your side tables and your coffee table. If you don't have a place to set a glass down, it's over decorated. You really need to make it functional and usable. So let's talk about what you should do if you think you might be over decorated. Don't panic. Don't panic. (laughs) Maybe listen to this one more time. Now, We're with you. Let's walk around your house and have a look at each one of the rooms. Be honest. Be objective. Don't think about, oh, I love that. Oh, that's a picture of my kids. Oh, that's 40 pictures of my kids. Go into the room. Try to have objective eyes. See, can you appreciate the things in the room? Can you appreciate the things that you really like about that room? Are you enhancing the items that you have by having them together in that space? It might not come to you in two minutes or three minutes or 10 minutes. This could take a while. You might have to keep going into these particular rooms to really have a good, hard look at it. That's what I would call it, a good, hard look. And if something keeps kind of coming to you like, eh, I don't really need, nobody sits in that chair. Mm, I, don't, I don't even like those three pillows, right? Take those items out and just see how it feels. Okay, so that's the first assessment. I would think take a good, hard look at your rooms. And certainly if you walked in and you were like, wow, okay, where's the shopping cart? And where's the checkout? And you feel like your house is like a store. You're definitely in the over-decorating realm, but we can help you. We can move those things around and move those things out. Maybe you can get people to actually come buy some stuff. That would be awesome. If you want to move stuff out, you find a friend like Anita has, somebody who will resale your things or somebody who would really like to take them off your hands. So, but that is the second step. So the first is a really hard look and make sure you can appreciate what you have. Take the things out, see how the room feels. And then I have three words I want you to think about in your head when you're you're doing this hard look. Remove, rotate, 
and reposition. So you can easily remove. You can always put back. You can rotate. I alluded to that with the pillow covers, but that can be with lots of things. That can be with decor items, vases. It could be with pictures. Uh, Sometimes people just hold on to a lot of pictures and add them. Maybe you don't need all the pictures. Then reposition. Anita is famous for it, and I do it as well, is reposition things. Take them from that room that maybe maybe you just have one room that's over-decorated and move it into another room. You love the item, but it's not working in that room. Try it someplace else. So hard look, remove, rotate, and reposition. And if you really think you're over-decorating, sign up for a consult with us. Right. (laughs) Are you ready for DTT Defines? I am. Well, last week we talked about my Charousse table and you said, oh, we could do that as our DTT Defines today. And I was thinking, I think I already did that, but I didn't want to say because I didn't remember. (laughs) I did check and in episode 488, so it was a while back, I did cover that. I mean, I'll link to it so you can go there, but quickly, I'm just going to go ahead and say what that is. And that's basically where you push wax into the grain and then remove the excess. Typically, cherusing happens on an open-grained wood that's dark, and the cherusing wax is white. I actually used a lighter-grained wood when I cherused, and I used paint instead of wax. So uh, that is what cherusing is, just as a an update since we didn't really explain it in the last episode. And then today I'm going to define rafter tails. I love the term. It just sounds fun. It sounds like a bird. Yeah, it does. I have a craftsman style home. Uh, This style was very popular around 1910. And my house has rafter tails. So these are the beams that extend beyond the structure of the house that seem to support the roof. That's a rafter tail. But a more specific definition is the exposed exterior portion of the building's wood structure truss, which projects beyond the exterior wall of the structure. So it secures to the top of the wall or tie beam, then extends to support the soffit overhang, which is why I explained it kind of before I said all this, (laughs) because that's kind of the official definition. And depending on where it's used on a home, it can also be called an outlooker, outrigger, lookout, or tailpiece. But this is very common on craftsman-style homes where you just see this um, exposed beam supporting basically the soffit and the roof. So, Callie, what's your crush? Oh, my crush is this book. It's fantastic. If you like houseplants or, better yet, even if you're a little afraid of houseplants, this is a book for you. What is my plant telling me? An illustrated guide to houseplants and how to keep them alive by Emily L. Hay Hinsdale. It is a great little book. It would be such a great book for anybody who wants a houseplant, is afraid of houseplants, as I mentioned, but also a great little book to bring as a hostess gift. Maybe you bring a little houseplant and then this book. It's so cute. You actually go through the book. I'm flipping through right now. I'm just find one for you. Okay, Fiddle Leaf Fig on page 75. So a lot of people have those. It gives you what the fiddly fig will want. And then it tells you if it's doing this, if it's got brown edges or yellow leaves or dropping leaves or brown spots. And then it tells you what your plant is telling you based on what its symptom is. 
It's a great little reference book for all common houseplants. There's so many plants in here. And so it might be plants you already have or a plant that you would like to add to your home. So we will link it in the show notes. That sounds like a great book. That would be very helpful. It is. It's a great little reference. It's And it's really cute the way she put it together. It's super clever. So my crush is the Spode Stafford Blooms pattern of dishes, which is fairly new. I know this is not a surprise, but this was kind of my birthday present to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Self-gifting is well, the best. Well, I got some money, so this is how... How did you know you wanted that, Anita? <laughs> well... I'm so I know. Wow. Well, you know, Spode is one of my favorite <laughs> manufacturers. And did you know it's now owned by Port Marion? No, I did not. Well, I'm doing that. a little research. I found that out. Mm-hmm. Is uh, these are made in England, so they're better quality than you know. We don't. I don't like dishes made in China. I just don't. They're just usually they're just no China made. No, in don't China get your China you. made in huh? China. That's right. Well, it used to be good, but that's not, not anymore. So what I my approach with dishes these days, because I do love dishes and I do get bored using the same ones. So what I have in my kitchen is I have I buy things in sets of four. So I have four. Uh, I have about five different patterns, but I just have four plates of each design and they all go together. So it's just a fun mix and match kind of the Fiesta dish kind of style of things where you kind of have different looks and they all kind of work together these are all uh actually in fact one of my dishes they're all kind of the theme is kind of purple so there's i have some portuguese light purple plates that are kind of light lavender and then i have dark purple that are actually fiesta and then i have a like three or four different spode patterns that have some lavender in them that all work together so this particular pattern is very modern they just came out with it and the flowers are really large and it's an asymmetrical pattern so it's just one pattern it doesn't repeat at all and it's really pretty and they have kind of um, different shaped plates I, I just got the dinner plates and the salad plates but it just kind of mixes and i'll include a link to it but they're really they're fun and fresh and they're really pretty I love listening to you describe them because you can hear how excited you are about them. It's so good. It's so good when you get what you really want for your birthday. I think it's brilliant that you only buy four of each thing. You have four people in your family. And if you had more people over, obviously you have other sets of four. Mm-hmm. So you can mix and match, as you say, and they all go together. But you're not burdened, in a sense, with the gigantic set of china where you've got 12 of this and 12 of that and 12 of something else and because where are you storing all that stuff and that would then slip you into the over decorating like if you had a full mm-hmm. set of all the dishes you right. love i don't i don't know what you wouldn't be able to move around right, right. and then, so and then if you do this then you just get you know i have some very plain serving dishes and they just go with whatever Mm. So that's the kind of so I'm not buying I'm not buying bowls in all of them. I have just white bowls. So they go with all the plates and then all my serving dishes are all white. So it just it works. And that's kind of how you can have a so if you get bored easily like I do, you can do this. You save a lot of money not buying 12 of everything and then you can have like a different plate to mm-hmm. use, you know, like every day of the week. And that's awesome. And no fear of overdecorating no, with no. that. Caveat dishes don't count. Okay, (laughs) great. So much fun today. I really enjoyed it. I hope everybody else did too. And remember, we are here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time.